this Good Friday. Say Good Friday. Now, now think about, and that's what we're celebrating today. And uh, thank you for the decorations, and it's beautiful. And this building turned into a theater. That's why it's like this. And uh, you'll see stuff on the television that was broadcast here. And uh, the minister, Becky Chele, is that his name? Okay, what his name was. He was a few weeks ago here with all the generals and, and uh, the province ministers and everybody. So just bear with us by the grace of God. Now, are you ready for this morning, for this very day, for what Jesus did? There's a few amens. Uh, can I just check somebody, pull their ear, and so I just want to switch on the light this morning, that your light can go on, that you can say amen. I promise you, I will not tell the Dominie or your pastor or the reverend from the Catholic Church that you said amen in church. So let's get into the word. For this whole month of April, we spoke in January about the principle of 1st February. Why don't we get unstuck? March fruitfulness to working with and for God. Now this month we are talking about the process to the promise. And we're busy with the whole of the Easter, the process. What it cost to get you saved, to release the blessing upon you and uh, so that you can understand you're not something terrible that was kicked out behind a bush and you're not an orphan, you're not a prodigal, you're not a hireling, you're not a wolf. You are because Jesus is the good shepherd. He sees you as a shepherd and uh, you're vital important for God. Now, if I can hashtag it this morning, I want to say, he did it all for you. Say, he did it all for me. Now, now I, I ask myself the question, what is so good about Good Friday? They put a crown of thorns on his head. That thorns pierce his eyebrows. Listen. They gave him 39 lashes with glass bolt into. Pull out the flesh that you could see his intestines, his lungs. Uh, they took him to a cross, the most terrible death to die. And they put the spikes through his hands and his feet and actually that's the most terrible death because you smother in the fluids that's building up now if you ever had asthma and uh, uh, or short of breath that's not a trickle of what Jesus went through and then Jesus that's what they why they crucify them with knees bend it, that when they start short breathing, they try to push them up to breathe better, but the pain because that went through the nerves and everything and then they let go now what is it that we call this experience 
Good Friday. Imagine you hit or somebody hits your thumb in the car door. Who had that experience? Well, you spoke in tongues that you haven't spoken in a very long time that night. You hit your thumb or your finger with a hammer. Your, your toe, there's a rock in the way. And you hit that big toe. You, you jump and grab it and say, you desidize it, some sedangus, Volkswagens. Why? That was just your toe, just your thumb. But Jesus shed seven different places blood to take us the process to get into the promise. Now, I want to help you because it is finished and it is done. So what I'm going to share this morning, there's more than 60 personal promises, benefits of Jesus' death. I'll share three that will take you in a dimension to see life different, to see yourself different, and to start living different. Because in John... Chapter number 19, they say event that's taken place. Jesus is on the cross and uh, they tease him. And he had two crooks next to him and the one start with the same. If you're the son of God, deliver yourself from the cross. And then in verse 28, a phenomenal thing that happened in John chapter 19. And it says, after this, Jesus knowing that all was now finished, ended, said in fulfillment of the scripture, I am Thirsty, 29. A jar full of sour wine, wimtas, popsak, was placed there. So they put a sponge, soak in the sour wine on a branch of hyssop and held it to his mouth, 30. When Jesus had received the sour wine, <laughs> that's what I would say also. He said, it is finished. The most strongest words, keep it there, the most powerful words ever spoken on the face of the earth on our behalf was when Jesus said, it is finished. And he bowed his head and voluntary, voluntary gave up his spirit. My word, 
This is so powerful. Now, the thing is this morning, when we speak about it is finished. You know, we go through life and we serve God for years. And then once a year, we are brought to the point to remember that day. That's why the book of Hebrews chapter 12 tells us something. He said, we must say must. Vraag wat betekent in Afrikaans? Dit betekent moet. Now, wherever you read the word must or moot, it means it's crucial. You must remember the only thing that the thief is after, he wants to steal the word of God over out of your life, the parable of the sower. The thief comes immediately to steal the word. If he has the word, you're going to be powerless because he understands Hebrews chapter 4, 12, the word of God is alive, amplified. It's an energizing word. It's an active word. So he's after the word. And now the author of the book of Hebrews says, turn to your husband and say, het jy gehoor wat die Bijbel sê? Jy maak jou eie koffie morgen ochend. Turn to somebody and say, did you hear what the Bible says? You make your own coffee from tomorrow morning. It doesn't say Hebrews, it says Hebrews. Okay, some of you got it. He says, we must keep our eyes on Jesus who leads us and makes our faith complete. He endured the shame of being nailed to a cross because he knew that later on he would be glad that he did, says the C-E-V translation. Now, in context, if you don't know the benefits why Jesus died, you can miss them. Then you live in survival mode. Ach, hier as ek het net vandag kan deurmaak. Have you ever been there? I've been there. Have, 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 is there somebody? Those of you who don't put up your hands, come and lay hands immediately on me and pray for me. If you don't know why Jesus died, listen, you will never be able to enjoy what he paid for. Now, this is very important. You can live in a, under a bridge and some grandparents, some family member left you billions. But you keep living in that circumstances. Why? A lack of knowledge. Because what you don't know can harm you. And then when that person died, the family comes and the report went out and say, my word, we found him dead on their newspaper, sleeping on cardboard and in rags while he was a multi-billionaire. How is it possible, they ask? Because nobody told him. And it's the same with us. If you don't know what's this phenomenal benefits 
that he did it all for you and for me. Now, I want to help you to understand the death benefits. I have insurances and uh, <laughs> the broker came to me and he wants to sell me stuff and I said, when does this pay out? He said, when you're dead. I said, but then I don't need it. What can I do with money when I'm dead? He said, know what I mean? There's death benefits built into this insurance. Your family is gonna benefit from it. That's what they call death benefits. Help me somebody. Now, now, somebody asked, what do you leave for me in, my, in your will? I said, my debt. What loss you from my New Testament? I said, my skull. I bet I really have, don't have debt. But listen, because the death benefits is what's available to you because Jesus paid for it. Now, the first thing, and I'm just going to share three. The, 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 they are, you receive total forgiveness, say total forgiveness. You receive deep healing, say deep healing. And you receive total and real freedom. Say total and real freedom. That's what the death benefits of Jesus brought to us. And that includes part of the 60, but this is the most powerful ones of them. And now, so the first thing that of your, that's available to you because Jesus said it is finished is total forgiveness for everything I have done wrong in my life and I'm still gonna do wrong. Turn to your neighbor, say, no more condemnation. So you don't need to walk with a guilty conscience of I could have, why didn't I? You know, the devil wants you all to feel guilty about life and the covet thing. And Now I understand we've all lost family and people. And I know so many pastors and Pastor Jimmy was buried last Friday and, 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 Pastor Lawrence Fenter died of COVID and young, you know, young people, young people. And, uh, but we who is alive cannot live in condemnation or with guilt. Oh, you're help me for more. Now, now, I'm going to give you scripture. Colossians chapter 2, 14. God wiped out the charges and canceled the record of all the times we have disobeyed God's commandments. Say with me, say, wiped out all my charges. You see, what, what hinders us to live the full life we have junk in the trunk. We come with old baggage of in 1949. 
This happened. I counsel people. They're still angry with their family that died already in the 70s. And we live in the 20s. And they're still angry. They say, I, I cannot forget. I said, my word. You drink the poison. They don't even know that you are angry. They did long ago. Ah, you, you see, he says, he nailed it to a cross because he knew that later on he would be glad, says Hebrews chapter 12, he did it. Now, when we understand Colossians 2.14, he says, Jesus took our guilt on his own body and he nailed it to the cross. Now, he didn't just went there and it's a Christian philosophy. It really happened. Because that's why Ephesians chapter 1 says, Now in Christ we are set free. Say, hallelujah. I'm set free. Say, I'm free. Say, this freedom is better than marijuana, than uh, Tarzan tobacco. You know, uh, this is such wonderful. I have a freedom free of guilt. He says, he set us free by the blood of his death. And so we have forgiveness of our sins because of God's rich grace. Say, I have a song the holy angels cannot sing. Say, I have a song and not one heavenly being can sing it. Amazing grace. How sweet the sound. Now, if you don't understand that, you will say, amazing grapes, how sweet and round. But when you understand you have a song, it's in Christ that we have been set free. Oh, say freedom is my portion. Now, now Paul comes and he addressed the Christians in Rome. And he says, Romans 4.25, Jesus was hand over to die because of our sins. And the word sin is to miss the point. You know, God can give me instruction and I disobey it, then I miss the point. God can say, do it, and then I don't do it, then I miss the point. <laughs> he says, and he was handed over to die because of our sins, and he was raised from the dead to make us right with God. Say, I am the righteousness of God. God. That's why I don't live for myself. I'm not living only for God. I am working with God and then for God because I explained this over and over. That's the trap of Satan in Genesis chapter 3 because the whole of the Bible you will hear Lord God. Yerachot. But suddenly in Genesis 3 when the snake appeared he didn't use the word Lord, Adonai, the one in control, the one who deserves or des the highest honor and the highest form of obedience. He didn't use that. 
Satan believes in God. Do you know that? The Bible says demons believe in God and they tremble. Now, so he told Eve, he said, did God say? He left Adonai out. The Lord God, the Lord, the one in control, the one who deserves the highest honor <laughs> and the highest form of obedience from our lives because his aim was to get Adam and Eve separated from not working with God, but only for God. That's why the church world are in a mess. Everybody said, I'll work for God, I serve God. Yeah, yeah, that's the Elohim, the all-powerful one. But do you do it for Lord God, working with God? Work as God is doing it. Okay, three people that say yes, the other look at me like a pinball machine that does tilt. Now, now, the, the, the thing of the enemy is, he doesn't want you to believe this benefit is for you. Because family, if you understand suddenly that total forgiveness for everything I have done, then I don't need to walk with the accuser of the brethren to accuse me in my mind. I don't need to walk now around and say, I could have, why didn't I? And we all have regrets somewhere along the line. But you can walk now in the freedom by knowing somebody on my behalf paid the highest price to redeem me from the curse of the law that was threefold. Spiritual death that's happened with Adam and Eve because when Eve stepped on the booby trap, what Satan said, she forgot about Adonai Lord. <laughs> she said, no, God didn't say we cannot eat of all the trees. He said, we can eat of all the trees except that one. And then Satan said, do you know why? Because she left suddenly Lord out, forgot what Adam told her, what God said in the beginning, how it must run, how it must happen. And then, of course, God is on the scene. And he didn't found Adam and Eve where they're supposed to be. The first question ever asked on the face of the earth was, where are you? Far as ye? God still asked the question today, where are you? And then they said, we are hiding because we discover this Perskis van Dankom. We discover we naked. He said, Who told you you're naked? Because what they did, they took fig leaves to cover themselves. That's why you see when they draw Adam and Eve, she stands like this with a big fig leaf somewhere. 
I didn't say any bad thing. I know the critics is going to send me messages via television. But listen, what happened? God slaughtered a lamb. God slaughtered the first lamb. Covered them with the skin to protect their nakedness with Jesus in mind what we are celebrating here today. You don't need to be naked. You don't need to be hopeless and covered, slap people and I know and, and my word, that is quite interesting what we went through. But listen, he said, Genesis 3, spoke to the serpent now. I must be cautious because Chinese people are watching. And I said, Adam and Eve was not Chinese or Korean or Japanese or Taiwanese. If they had to choose between the snake and the fruit, they'd rather eat the snake. Okay, some of you didn't get that. And so God spoke the word, God's word. What does Satan want? He doesn't want you to believe the word. He wants to snatch the word out of your life. And he spoke to the serpent. He said, you're going to bite him on the seal, but he's going to crush your head. That's why Herod had to kill all the babies when he heard that somebody was born that could be the king of the Jews and the Redeemer and Emmanuel, God with us and everything. But he did not succeed because God's eternal plan was in operation. So the first thing is he redeemed you from spiritual death from all kind of sickness and diseases. Say, I don't need to walk with sickness and diseases because the curse, what Adam and Eve activate, spiritual death, sickness, diseases, and poverty, listen, and lack, and debt. Thank you, Pastor Emma, for that, amen. And now by the Bible says, what Jesus did here, he redeemed us from that. Say, I am redeemed. I don't need to be a, a walking dead person. You know, spiritual death people. They love on the outside, but dead on the inside. I don't need to go through life with my sickness or with sicknesses and diseases. My sister Tossi, bless her darling heart. Monday, it will be eight months that she's gone. And then she always said, my sugar diabetes, my sugar. I said, you need a tea bag and hot water. If it's your sugar diet, I said, it's the devil's. It's not yours. I said, how more you say my sugar, my. I said, I understand what people try to say. But family, the price he paid it's because he loved you so much. 
and he did it willfully, we were reading. He hand himself over. He came and he redeemed you from the curse of the law so that the blessings of Abraham can come upon you. No longer spiritual death, but spiritual life. Hallelujah. No longer sickness and diseases by his stripes you have been made whole. No longer debt and calamity because 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9, although he was very rich for your Saints become power so that through his poverty you may become wealthy. Somebody sent me a message last night and said, this, uh, we are coming to the service on Sunday, but I want my family. Music is very loud. And that you are crazy. I said, that's not new. You see? <laughs> so that's going to be interesting. So don't miss Sunday then. Second thing, deep healing. Listen. Deep healing. The power of Jesus in my life. That's why Jesus came. Came that I can experience 1 Peter 2, 24. And Jesus personally took our sins in his body on the cross so that we could die to the grip. Say the grip. The grip of sin in our lives and be free. Say be free. To live in the right way and you are healed by his wounds. Jesus paid to heal you from your deepest wounds that you are sitting here with. Each person in this building have a story to tell. But it's that deepest wounds. Man went to the Vietnam War and he came back paralyzed, butter, angry, hateful. And when a preacher visited him, he said, I don't believe in God anymore. I'm bitter. I'm angry with the government. I'm angry with the army. I'm angry with the lieutenant that sent me up the hill where this accident happened. And uh, he said, I want nothing. And the preacher looked at him and said, sir, I understand. But this is not God's doing. And after he starts sharing what Jesus did, tears start running out of this heart veteran's eyes. And he gave his heart to the Lord Jesus Christ. The next Sunday, while this preacher was standing on the pulpit in a little Baptist church, he saw a wheelchair came in. And it was that same man sitting there at the back. So he preached, and he made an altar call. And he said, who needs personally prayer? And the next moment after 15 years, this man jumped out unaware that he's healed out of the wheelchair and walked to the front because it was his deepest hurts, his bitterness that kept him captive as a prison in a jail without bars.
He wants to heal every thing that tries to keep you back. You must remember the first thing helps us to understand forgiveness. The second one helps us to the deep healing power of Jesus flows through our life. You know, my mother was murdered in 2012, 10 to 3, Sunday afternoon. I was in the room and went out, and when I came back, this incident happened. And a lot happened that week and in 2012, and then they murdered. We did 17 services on a Sunday, and they murdered one of our pastors. They didn't rob him. They just murdered him. The Thursday night, Friday night, something, Friday morning, something happened. Friday night, we had a church split in 2012. I was angry. I was bitter. I was disappointed. Until in June the 5th, 2013, when the revival started, God set me free from deep hurt. Imagine your mother. And you know, and the person stood there and they're busy and when you open your mouth, she did it, finishing you, 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 you don't know, do I grab her because two minutes then this woman that carried me will be gone. Then they let the body get bad because it was a heat wave and there's nothing working. I was angry. I was you are hurt deep inside. You cannot, there's pain that we sometimes cannot describe to people. Then we put that mask on. Help me. Palm scream. Oil of Ulay. What do you, Max Factor. Polyfilla from Brights. You know. And we can do anything, but the pain remains. Remember when our oldest son died and I was in America when this happened. And so eight days later, I'm here, buried him out of the Dutch Reformed Church in Wellington. And as I stood on the pulpit and they opened the coffin here, and when I looked, the shock, the shock that went through my life. And that day I decide, I want to live life to the full. I will not let one person pass me by, not to show them the love of Christ or help them to connect with the Father. But for 18 months, in Oct it happened in October 2008. Now we're already in 2009, and I'm angry, and it's December, and you know, the thing, it, it, it's like something growing. When you accommodate that which Jesus paid for and you hold on to it, it grows. You become sensitive. Who knows the flower? You become like that. We were in America and preached there. Pastor Yuck was with me and I said, Yuck, you need to pray for me. I'm not going to make it. 
He said, I know you all these years. I've never heard you negative. This must be serious. I said, yes. I carry a pain. I'm wounded. Because I don't have all the answers. Turn to somebody say, me too. Because if you have all the answers, please come and take the mic. Take my jacket. No. <laughs> then you're going to see I'm in the war. The furniture business might. This COVID is terrible. It let you increase where you don't want to increase. You know, now my chest is my chest of drawers again. But listen, scripture says, let me finish. Isaiah 53, 5. But he, Jesus, was wounded and crushed for our sins. He was beaten that we might have peace. That we might have peace. And he was whipped so we could be healed. Wow. He didn't only took yours and mine. He took the whole world of everybody that lived that time and everybody still be born and everybody still gonna be. He took it all upon him. And he said, I declare freedom over your life. I was, listen, whooped so that you can be healed. 39 lashes. He said, I was beaten up so that you may have that peace that surpass all understanding. Now, Jesus himself in Matthew chapter 9 says, Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in the Jewish synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and sickness. Say, thank God he didn't change. It's still for me. And now Luke chapter 5 says, in the uh, good news translation, the B section of verse 17, the power of the Lord was present for Jesus to heal the sick. So the first benefit was total forgiveness for everything I've done. Out of to walk in that freedom. Second benefit is the deep healing power of Jesus manifest in my life so that I can help other people who came through pain. And the third and the last one, because remember now, the cross of Jesus is my operating system. And the finished work on Calvary is my faith for victory, total victory, to live in the fullness of the overflow. The third benefit, it's the power for us to break free from controlling forces. The power to break free from controlling forces. What controls your life? What makes you get up in the morning? What drives you during the day? Are you in the money trap? Are you in the job trap? Are you in the performance trap? I need to perform because what is people going to say? I, I need to live up a certain standard uh, with all the credit cards max so that uh, 
the neighbors wouldn't speak down to me. It's a trap. It's a trap. Everything I mentioned before, it's a trap. Hurt and pain and disappointment, it becomes a trap. Because instead of focusing on the Hebrew scripture, we must keep our eyes on Jesus. We start focusing on what puts us in the trap. And you know, the news media can put you in a trap. The third wave. Bambalela, chesu, chesu. Bambalela, chesu, chesu. The trap. I wonder what did I, Adele, it was the tea you gave me before the service. What keeps you, what how you gefangene? That you don't move out of that condition so that you can experience the life of overflow. He gave you the power to break free, say break free, from controlling forces. Paul addressed the church in Rome and I'm closing. Say, my lockdown. Asimus Korter. Romans chapter 6, verse 6. He says, Our old sinful selves were nailed to the cross with Christ so that sin might lose its power in our lives. We are no longer slaves, says that scripture, the New Living Translation, to sin, to the trap, to disappointments. He says, we know that our old self, our human nature without the Holy Spirit, was nailed to the cross with him in order that our body of sin might be done away with so that we would no longer be slaves to sin. He says, the, the New Living Translations, he says, and since we died with Christ, verse 8 and 9, we know we will also share his new life. We are sure of this because Christ rose from the dead and he will never die again. Death no longer has any power, say any power, has no longer has any power over him. Hallelujah. In the 80s, we were challenged by Satanists. And uh, they challenged me on a Sunday night up on Table Mountain, Signal Hill. Johann Heinrich had a 1968 Opel Capita station wagon. So I took Johann with. You know, Johann was well built. He had cheeks like a bulldog. If he does this, the cheeks goes like. And uh, I thought, let me take him. He had a uh, uh, good, phenomenal. So we tried first gear. We couldn't get up the mountain. Second gear. So I said, Johan, let's reverse up. So we reverse up. 
winter on a Sunday night. When I arrive there, there's a gramat, cravat, something with a, there was a mummy thing in there. But thousands of people from all age, from the Satan worshippers on the mountain. And the person who challenged us there, I think, why can't the police do something? And the next moment, he said, the police can do. Now, he didn't read my mind. Because they cannot, I have a renewed mind. He said, the police can do us nothing. I said, he said, see, while you Christians are sleeping on a Sunday night, we hear on the mountain to curse people with heart attacks, dissolve marriages, and speak poverty from the highest point all over the Cape Peninsula and the Western Cape. And I thought, your devil, you're not going to mess with me. Now, I was wild that time, much skinnier than now. And, uh, you know, I could sleep in a hose pipe. Now they need a big pipe for me to get in. And uh, that night I saw the power of God in demonstration that nothing is going to change God's idea, God's will, God's power. He gave you the power to break free from controlling forces. Now, when we started the church with three ladies, and you know, they really need makeup because when God created Eve, he said, my Lord, she needs makeup. Now, God didn't say it, but these ladies really did. And uh, so Satan, uh, we had prayer lines while we pray here. The devil start manifesting there and say, I will not go out. I will not. Jolene, where are you? I will not go out. And I've seen demons went out of people. There was a young man, he lived here on Shelley Street. He was in the newspaper and on the SABC One News. He had a mailbox for a coffin, a coffin. And uh, they brought him to our home. And I heard the Lord say, don't cast the devil out here in the house. <laughs> He's going to demolish, try to demolish the house. Go to the church. And uh, that night, that day, I saw the power of God. When we start praying and rebuking, he picked up a chair to hit me. We didn't have these made in China chairs, plastic. That had metal bars. But the power of God, we are rebuked by the grace of God and the word of God. He fell to his knees and stood there like a Jerusalem taxi, a donkey. And I thought, my word, I come out of the blow rockies and the members in Christ and we manifest and I said all my life I want to ride the devil he was riding me for years now I'm going to ride him you know what's coming so I got on his back I grabbed him on his ears and I kicked him I said cut, cut. he screamed he yelled God's truth and the devil went out like a cannon shot through the roof and that man was set free because God doesn't want you to live in the past with failure with 
hurt and pain and disappointments. Because all what coveted, negative, negative, we so negative. You look like before they had digital, they took a picture and then there's a little black thing and negative. Many of just what you see as a negative. Well, God wants you to see the bright light. He paid for you so that you can be free from every disappointment because Romans 6, 6 message translation our old way of life was nailed to the cross with Christ a decisive end to that sin miserable life we no longer act sins every beck and call Galatians 2 20 I have been crucified with Christ look at somebody say you're still too alive become crucified crucified with Christ I no longer live in strength alone but Christ lives in me the life I live in this body I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and he gave himself for me that great love undescribable now listen what John says in his letter he says he who possesses the son has that life King James says you have the son have that life he who does not possess the Son of God does not have life. What life? The Zoe of God. The life as God has it right now. The devil tries to tell you, you don't have him. Say, no, no, I know I have him. He came in my heart in November 1969. He never disappointed me one day. I disappointed him zillions upon trillions of times. But it was that love of him that got hold. I counseled somebody who was in a desperate condition and I said, there's times in life that you cannot hold on to God, you're too weak. The battle is fierce. But God holds on to you. And He says, You gonna come out of it, and you're gonna be stronger, more powerful than ever before. Now, the question is quickly who is this available to? For we is that Biskakbar. Acts 10.35 God accepts anyone from any nation or race who worships Him and does what is right. Acts 10.35 It makes no difference who you are 
or where you're from. If you want God and are ready to do as he says, the door is open. Say the door is open. Now, Gustav, how do I get this benefits? I'm just asked answer out of scripture. And I'm closing. John 1, 12. To all who believed in him and received him, Jesus gave the right to become children of God. Acts says 3.19, now it's time to change your ways. Turn to face God so that he can cleanse you from everything that besets you, that holds you in bondage. They did the research, 83% of people that was churchgoers after COVID is over will no longer be in church because this thing produced an independent spirit with fear, with doubt, unbelief, and anxiety. He says, turn to God, to face God so that he can cleanse you and pour out showers of blessings to refresh you. Oh, it's the full package. My dad was a preacher. He also preached. And you know, I came out of a generation of Dutch Reformed Duhamanists that's still today. And that night in 69, I went on this small holding, he plot. It was my in-laws before they become the outlaws. No, 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 like the in-laws. Don't know where that comes from. So Nikki was about nine years old and I was 13 and Willem was much younger and Letitia was 14. And I sat in that service, I thought I'm okay. Our pastor, he didn't have teeth. And as he speak, you are showered with the shower of blessings. His wife had a long dress, a big bun. She didn't shave leg hair or, or. So she had a mustache with a thingy here that hair was growing out. And you know how children are? It's Pentecost. I don't know about Pentecost. I can hear the apostol is Because for us it was a no-no thing. And the next moment they start speaking in tongues. And if you know my personality. So everybody speaking tongues. I don't know what it was. Then they say something. Then I say banana, banana, parakachuf. <laughs> Abdul. I say all this crazy stuff. Then they speak again. Then I say and my pastor's wife heard me that lady from the Gestapo she grabbed me on my neck and ek toch die oordeelsdag van God is hier ek gaat nou dood I'm gonna die 
right now. I'm dead. I'm gone. Because she grabbed me on my neck. And you know, if you, I had a thin necky. And uh, she pushed me to the ground on my knees. And she said, you're going to hell. I said, I promise I will not say banana, banana. But I could chew again. Because I didn't know what they were doing. She said, give your heart to Jesus or die. I said, no, I'd rather live I give my heart to Jesus right now. And I prayed the sinner's prayer. Because I realized we went to church Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday nights. And I didn't have the peace. There was something short. I was religious. I didn't have a relationship. That changed everything. That night I walked home. A renewed person promised never to say banana and apple and parakachuf again in church. I was baptized and in a little garage there in Bradell was a youth meeting. I was there. Then I was looking for churches everywhere. And that night I was on my knees. And the next moment words came out of my mouth that I knew it was only God. The hand of the Lord's upon you, lovey. It's a turnaround time frame. You're going to see what God's going to do for you. You need Him. He's going to do it for you and through you to change so many lives. There's a lot of questions. I don't know. Maybe I've seen you. I don't know. I can only tell you now by the word of the Lord. You have a lot of questions of bad happenings. And you blame yourself. The Lord said, I'm setting you free this morning from guilt. You have so much potential and ability. And I see it's his love that overshadow you. And he helps you and he sustains you and he upholds you. And he said, you are mine. You're going to make it. You're going to make it. What you have lost, what the enemy has stolen will be restored back to you, lovey, in a greater measure than ever before. Hallelujah. Do you know her? Pastor, Pastor Imla, you know her? Oh, Renee. Is that Renee? Okay. This morning, each person in this building, it's your moment. He done it all for you. You're valuable. You're precious. The enemy tried to put a hold upon your life. While God says, I've called you to be that world changer. Say, I'm a world changer. Say, I'm a history maker. I'm a planet shaker. Say, I maybe went through some stuff. 
but that's not going to keep me back. I'm going to move in greatness like never before. Hello, Maikant. Hello, hello. This is your morning this morning. God wants to set you free from guilt, self-condemnation, if you're sick, he wants to heal you because you're so valuable. And if that's you this morning, will you stand with me in this building by our broadcast? If that's you this morning, we're going to pray a prayer. And we're going to believe God. We are truly in the time frame where God wants you to believe Him much greater much greater and much better than what you've ever experienced before dear will for you and dear you do not you live greater greater it's all because of this day that we celebrate that he was crucified and he said it's all for you it's all for you he says I love you so much and I did it because I care God's words thank you Jesus there's relationships in families sitting here that God's going to restore. There's a mother here this morning who have two sons. I don't know you. I, you say, what do you do now? Tell fortune. No, 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 that's not what. I'm operating by the word of knowledge, the gifts of the Spirit. And your concern. As a mother, you felt, I'm so guilty. What did I do wrong? Because it seems everything is just going wrong. The Lord said, I'm restoring that relationship. And you will see how they turn back to God. They're going to serve the Lord. They're going to serve the Lord. Oh, my she. Jesus, Jesus, the Spirit of the Lord's in this place and is moving. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I'm not asking if you're religious, a church goer, a church member, if you were born, I ask that you say, Lord Jesus, I acknowledge you this morning as my Lord and Savior. Those of you via the broadcast, if you want to accept him, Pray this prayer with me and everybody here can do it. Say, Lord Jesus, I've heard the word of the Lord this morning and your word is the truth. It's the everlasting word. I come short of the glory of God. And this morning, Lord, I call upon your name. Forgive me my sin. Wash me in the blood. Cleanse me. Put my name in the book of life. From this day on, 
thank you that you're going to be my Lord and my Savior. In the mighty name of Jesus, the living Christ, in Jesus' name, amen. Turn to somebody, say amen. Say, God is good. I'm going to serve him. If you are stuck somewhere with the emotion, the situation, some bad things, they did you wrong. Say, Lord Jesus, this morning I come out of this. I choose to forgive. I let go. I drop it so that my prayers can be answered. I give it all to you because you are my God. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to go out of this building free this morning, free to run, free to worship, free to live, free to love. Hallelujah. Because you paid it all for me. That's why I have a song. Say, Lord, I have a song. That sings my soul, El Savior. Oh, yes. It's all for me. Say, donkey, you're That was for me. That was for me. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, yes. Somebody just give a shout of victory and say, thank you. Say, donkey, you're Hallelujah. Are you blessed this morning? Sunday, 8 o'clock Afrikaans, 9.30 the English service. Invite your family, bring them. We can pack out and uh, that 
God can change lives. Bring the sick that we can pray. We stand on the word and believe God for the miraculous to happen. Let's ask Pastor Emma to pray for us and release us this morning. And awesome, now that the lights are on, welcome everybody, you phenomenal. your hands and give God the biggest God bless you praise him praise him praise him praise him thank you Jesus thank you Jesus you paid it all for me hallelujah is it the best that you can do come on give him a shout of praise hallelujah hallelujah Lord we thank you thank you for the cross Lord, while Pastor Gustav was ministering, I thought about a week, Lord, that we walked this path with you until this very day. And I know that when you were hung on the cross, the enemy thought this is the last moment and you are done. But Lord, I thank you with your very last breath. You called out and said, it is finished. The battle is over. Hallelujah. Lord, I thank you this morning that you died on the cross, not as a loser, but victorious. Victorious in the name of Jesus. And we thank you, Lord. Lord, there's a song that says, I owe it all to him. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for the price you paid. When you were on the cross, we, I, was on your mind. I thank you. Lord, I want to say, Jesus, I salute you this morning. I give you glory and honor and praise. And I thank you. In our life, it may be in circumstances that it is Friday today. But Sunday is on its way, hallelujah. And we rejoice in your re resurrection. You died and you rose again. Glory to God. We bless your name. Amen.